0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Seller's Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hugh, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Seller's Podcast. It's September the 8th, 2023. And as usual, we bring you all the latest property-related headlines together with a topic that might help you as a home buyer and seller. And today's topic is one we've touched on before, but is becoming more of a problem now. And that is down valuation. We'll come on to that later in the show. But first of all, let's get through the latest news and views from the industry throughout the week. Starting with an article from the BBC News and the Financial Times, house prices for 14,000 in a year. And the article goes on to say house prices fell 4.6% in the year to September, according to the Halifax. This marks the steepest fall in the annual rate in 14 years and has seen the average price fall by £14,000. The data shows that prices fell by 1.9% between July and August, taking the average to £279,560. Prices are falling across all regions, but in the southeast of England, where homes are most expensive, they're under the most pressure, and they're down 5% over the last 12 months. In Scotland, by contrast, prices are 0.6% lower than this time last year. Um, this is obviously the greater impact of interest rates, jarring confidence in the marketplace and uh We have certainly discovered that, and we concur that the price difference is around about five percent overall. And one of the reasons why we're seeing more down valuations across the board, of course, and we'll come back onto that subject a little bit later on. A planning permission for new homes has fallen again. Now this is interesting because this is something that causes pressure on house prices. Is the less planning that is granted, the lower the supply of new homes, and therefore this puts pressure on the availability of the second-hand stock, resale homes, and therefore prices and demand tends to increase for those over time. It says the number of planning applications granted by UK local authorities fell by 14%. In the year ending June 2023, permission was given for 264,000 homes, and that's down 8% from 286,000. The Home Builders Federation has warned the drop could lead to 44,000 fewer new homes being built. Um, And the managing director of the Home Builders Federation says that the government is giving into NIMBYism. He said the lack of support for first time buyers could see housing supply drop markedly in the coming years. Well, they have always had a problem with building enough homes to cope with the demand, especially here in London, but also all across the southeast, really. And obviously, this is a counterbalance to things like interest rates raising when it comes to property prices. The Financial Times and Guardian reports there's a new mortgage lender in town. They're called Perenna. This is not financial advice. Seek advice from NIFA IFA if you are thinking of taking out a mortgage. But this new mortgage lender is an interesting one. They're called Perenna and as in perennial without the I and the L. And they're launching home loans that allow borrowers to fix their rate for up to 30 years. Paying the same level of interest for the entire term, the rates for these deals are estimated between 65 and 7.5%, and they're currently comparable to two-year fixed rates. It's a startup bank which has just secured full approval from the UK's main financial regulators, and it said it was not ruling out offering one fixed rate for up to 40 or 50 years in the future. Its funding model offers these one rates because it's issuing bonds to investors to cover this thing. That involves a long term stable income for the investors, too. But it's interesting, isn't it? That, yeah, now you can fix your rate that long. My gut feeling would be that those rates will be punitive in the medium term because we expect and the money markets expect that rates will come down between two and five years from now for sure. And we're already seeing rates starting to come down because swap rates are lower. The NatWest and TSB have cut mortgage rates amid the interest rate peak. This is an article in the Daily Telegraph and the London Evening Standard. And it says major high street lenders, including NatWest and TSB, are reducing their mortgage rates in response to Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey's statement that interest rates are nearing their peak. NatWest rates will decrease by 0.3 percentage points, while the TSBs will drop by an even greater. 0.5 percentage points. That's a fairly significant amount, half a point. NatWest has already lowered the interest rate this week, announcing a range of cuts on Monday. However, it is now bringing in further, smaller reductions for new customers and switcher deals. Justin Moy, Managing Director of EHF Mortgages, said just a few days since their last repricing, this is evidence that the rate chase is well underway. And long may it continue for all of us out there struggling with much higher rates and worried about those rising costs. An Oscar in The Independent says the majority of mortgage owners and renters are worried about rising housing costs. Around 80% of mortgage holders and renters are concerned about rising housing costs as interest rates increase, according to a poll by which the Consumer Insights Tracker. This is the highest level of worry since the survey began in 2013. It's hardly surprising, is it? Some 2.2 million households missed or defaulted on an essential payment, such as a, a bill or loan or housing or credit card payment over the month. Of those who missed the bill, 50% missed council tax, almost half missed a water bill, and four in ten missed an energy bill. Well, that suggests that the vast majority managed to keep the housing payments going. And obviously the advice is always to try and keep those payments going where you can or have dialogue with your lender, be an open book about the issues if you can, rather than just sit back and, and allow those arrears to build without having some discussions because lenders do have alternatives available for you, such as interest only, extending the time frame, even some uh, delay in payments if they know they're coming so make sure you have dialogues if you find yourself struggling there's a new agreement agreement rather that aims to tackle housing crisis in Wales and Cornwall and this is in the BBC and it says um, Wales and Cornwall aims to help the address the housing crisis in both regions this is because Welsh councils can now charge second homeowners 300% council tax to free up housing stock for locals, with the Welsh Government stating it wants to develop a fairer housing market. In Cornwall, there are over 13,000 holiday homes, and leaders are looking closely at what's happening in Wales. Leader of Cornwall Council, Linda Taylor, says virtual meetings are planned as housing is a priority The agreement will focus on four key areas, including sustainable housing, achieving net zero and culture and language. But it'd be interesting to see because obviously it's a real problem in these rural areas, especially beautiful, idyllic countryside settings where local people can't afford homes. And the Labour, this is an interesting one, Labour Council, private schools plan fuel increase in demand for homes near grammar schools. And this is because Labour plans to levy VAT on private school fees uh, as it's led to an increase in the parents moving to areas where there are grammar school catchment areas. But of course, grammar schools are the free element of the best schooling, but require exam passing. And the vast majority of pupils do not pass those exams. Even so, people are finding that the best thing to do for them where the extra 20 percent lift could be the difference between them affording private schools and not are moving to nearer grammar schools and several estate agents show that Kent offers no less than 42 grammar schools, Buckinghamshire 13 uh, and obviously other areas closer by here in London like Sutton offer grammar schools as well and that could be underpinning prices in those areas. The other news, jobs market is starting to cool and this is Really interesting because actually we need the jobs markets. We've had nearly full employment. And actually, when the jobs market starts to cool, the bank is less likely to raise interest rates because without full employment, we tend to find inflation goes down. The building society manager, uh, building society boss, has said landlords are being demonized. Well, they have been for the last few years, if you ask us here at JA. But Stuart Hare, the chief exec of the Skipton, says Britain's landlords are dealing with a triple blow of high taxes rising mortgage costs and increased red tape, including higher, tighter energy efficiency regulations. He warned of a slightly demonised private rented sector where landlords are getting squeezed from a tax basis and from the increased mortgage rates they're having to pay if they have a debt associated with a property. Considering the impact, he warned, renters are going to find it less affordable to go into rented accommodation because the supply of rental accommodation will reduce pushing prices up. The Office for National Statistics data shows that rents rose at the fastest pace on record last month, with prices paid by tenants up 5.3 percent in the 12 months to July. And the next article goes on quite timely, really, from the Mail on Sunday saying buy to let yields are climbing in some parts of the country. Yields in areas such as Glasgow and Scotland are 8 percent higher with Renfrew Shia seeing a 13% increase in the last year alone. Well, of course, these yields will go up. And if you're holding the property in cash, that's great news. But the reality is those yields have to go up where you're holding a mortgage because chances are your payments have gone up really substantially as well. And then the next article in the eye goes on to say that renters are facing intense financial pressure despite 14 consecutive interest rate rises. This is according to Zoopla. In other words, tenants are facing at this struggle just as much as owner occupiers with these increases. And it's a worry for all of us, isn't it? Rental costs are outpacing earnings, especially in region, regions such as Scotland, the Northwestern, Yorkshire. And Richard Donnell from Zoopla says that renters are feeling the pinch more than mortgage holders. Rental growth is expected to continue while mortgage rates drop. However, mortgage holders have options to decrease monthly payments while tenants do not homeowners are facing an increased risk of subsidence there is a podcast that we've done on this actually if you look through i'm sorry i don't have the number but if you look through the list you will find that we've done one on subsidence and this is because when you have a very dry um or a very wet summer or somewhere in between sometimes you can end up with particularly here where we've got london clay some slippage of the ground beneath houses and this can cause cracking and the lever that cracking Decides on whether or not the house itself will slip and the size of those cracks can determine whether you have subsidence. So it's something that you need to look into if you're worried. Uh, but certainly check out our episode on subsidence with our friendly surveyor. Borrowers have been warned of retirement strife as mortgage terms stretch. And this is because borrowers are opting for longer mortgage terms, lower payments, but they may face difficulties in retirement. Could be a ticking time bomb. This they're saying the number of borrowers with mortgage terms of 35 years or more has increased significantly. With 12,000 borrowers now repaying into their 70s, concerns remain almost 1 million borrowers on partly paid um, interest only loans could be a problem of the future. Well, that's true. But also when people get older, they tend to downsize. And I think many of them will be thinking ahead in terms of, yes, I can make this payment now and then kick it into the long grass and then sell up and move to something smaller. And I suspect there will be an uptick in the number of people looking for smaller homes because we are an ageing population. UK timeshare owners are trapped in unfair contracts. Well, t'was ever thus, really, timeshares have never been the fairest of things, but particularly in the 80s and 90s, some of these were aggressively marketed, and they include ins- expe- really expensive annual fees. And these contracts were made in perpetuity, in other words, forever, um, which is awful. And there are, is assistance available through claims companies or the Timeshare Consumer Association. So look that up if you find yourself in that situation. Now on to the topic of the week, down valuations. What are, are they? Why are they such a problem? And what does it all mean? Well, what is a down valuation? Well, this is where a buyer buys a property, agrees a price via an estate agent or privately, whatever it may be. And let's say, for instance, this particular first time buyer has agreed a price of three hundred thousand on a flat and everybody's happy. They apply to the lender and the lender employs a surveyor to protect their interests. And let's say the borrower is taking out a 90 percent mortgage on that particular property. Well, then the surveyor goes around to see the property and decides that its value is different from the price of three hundred thousand being paid. Let's say, for instance, that the surveyor says that the value is not three hundred, but it's two hundred and ninety thousand. This causes a huge problem because the first thing is naturally many borrowers—that is, the first-time buyers—will say, "Well, I'm sorry, Mister Seller, but your flat is now not worth three hundred thousand. Look at what my surveyor says." First thing I would say about this is surveyors will always err on the side of caution. And it may well be that this was the best flat out there in that price range at the time you were buying, but that the comparables show that prices have been lower for other flats that have been sold in the immediate area in the recent history. And the key thing here is what we call comparable evidence. But before I go on to comparable evidence, let me explain why this is so much of a problem. Imagine if that borrower was getting... A 90% mortgage and was borrowing at 300,000. Well, even if he wanted to pay 300,000 now, he can only get a loan for 90% of the lower figure of 290,000, meaning that one way out would be to find the extra £10,000 in cash, especially where the seller feels that the price is still fair and the comparables hold this up. So, what are the options open to buyers and sellers if they find themselves in this position? Well, the first thing is a good estate agent will have offered the surveyor what we call comparable evidence. Comparable evidence is similar properties that have sold, such as the one that is being sold in the recent past. So you might have several other flats that have sold within the building, not necessarily through the same agent, maybe through other agents. And there are various ways of evidencing this. Right move is a very good resource. And you can also call up local estate agents that will sometimes be helpful in providing comparable evidence of properties that have sold recently. One of the problems is that many properties that have sold recently have yet to show up on land registry, and you can search land registry readily. There's a site called nethouseprices.com. That's nethouseprices.com. If you put in your postcode, you can see what's sold in your area recently, and you should see properties comparable to your own, hopefully, and that might be of some help. If you can show enough evidence to the surveyor that the valuation that he's made at the lower figure is wrong and actually the property is worth the original fair price of 300,000 let's say instead of the 290 you may be able to get that surveyor to change their mind however in my experience not all surveyors will change their minds just because you've given comparable evidence and one of the reasons I believe is that once a surveyor changes their mind after submitting the paperwork it's almost an admission, or it is an admission that they got it wrong in the first place. And nobody likes to be wrong, do they? So there can be a bit of pushback and a bit of obstinance. So, what are the choices? Well, if you provide that comparable evidence, or if your buyer provides that comparable evidence in liaison with the seller and the agent, and agents, by the way, have professional tools like us to be able to investigate the area and see what other comparables there are out there to try and defend that pricing. If the surveyor is still intransigent and won't move on price, then there are a couple of things that can happen. The first thing is if you're in a chain and you've got, for instance, a £10,000 down valuation and there are five people in that chain, you could try and obtain a £2,000 reduction all the way up the chain to give that £10,000 back at the bottom so that you could then make an allowance on completion of that 10000 and everybody could still compli- comply with the chain requirements by giving a small reduction on each property. That's one way of helping the first time buyer at the bottom. The other thing that could be done is that the buyer could go and approach another lender and the new lender might accept the price that the old one didn't, but there is a risk here. And the risk is that some surveyors are paneled for more than one lender. So you could find that your buyer applies For a new mortgage with a completely different lender, let's say they were with the Halifax and they might now go for a mortgage through Santander. You could find that exactly the same company is employed to carry out the survey. And the first thing they'll do is check their database and see that the property has been downvalued already. And therefore, you're back at square one. So it can be a sort of a perpetual issue, this. And you can be lucky and go to a lender where, and yes, your mortgage brokers or financial advisors can advise you of which panels and which surveyors are relevant in this case. So you can ensure that you don't go to a lender that would use the same surveyor. Um, This is another way around the problem, but it is a massive problem and it's causing heartbreak all up and down the country. And it's a problem that is more likely to come when prices are stagnant or have fallen back a bit for two reasons. One, the price may be wrong. It may be out, as we've already said, prices have fallen 5% across the year. And then on top of that, it may well be the case that surveyors are feeling less confident about house prices going forward and therefore are more likely to be cautious in their valuations. Because remember, the main thing that a mortgage valuation is to do is to protect the lender's interest. And if the surveyor gets this wrong, they can be sued. So sometimes they err on the side of caution and can be a little bit too cautious. And it can be a huge problem in today's market where the market is rising, of course, and the prices are steaming ahead at maybe 10 percent over the course of a year. Then the surveyors tend to have more confidence because they can see if the property price they feel is within a few percent. Then they can say, well, actually, the way prices are rising, it's never going to be a problem in the scheme of, you know, because the question that the surveyor is asking themselves on behalf of the lender is, What if this property gets repossessed six months, 12 months, or two years, or five years from now? Will my lender be able to protect their interest when they provide that 90% mortgage? And if the answer is maybe not, this is where the down valuations can come in. Now, another defense against down valuation is obviously having a borrower, having a buyer that has enough funds outside of their mortgage funds to provide for such an instance. In other words, if they've got spare cash that they can chuck in, if it comes to it, then the problem is overcome straight away. Um, Also, you might find that buyers, well, you'll definitely find buyers with a higher percentage loan are more likely to be impacted by this. Because again, going back to the argument that the surveyor is looking at these things and saying, well, what is the risk to my lender? Of course, if the lender is only providing a 50% mortgage, the chance of a down valuation is much lower. And even if there is one, the impact on the borrower is much lower because they're only Loaning 50% of the total money. So the impact is lower and therefore the likelihood of an issue is lower. So when you're agreeing a sale with your estate agent, one of the things that the estate agent should be doing is looking at that deposit and looking at what other interest there is, because sometimes it could be worth taking less of a risk with a buyer with a larger deposit rather than the larger offer the one closer to the asking price or perhaps beyond the asking price for someone with a smaller deposit because down valuations do affect disproportionately people taking out higher loan-to-value mortgages. And we consider these days a high loan-to-value to to be 90% and a low loan-to-value to be 50% and anywhere in between to be a variable. The sweet spot is about 75%. At 75%, you're fairly safe that the lender's going to lend Above that, the risk is considered greater. And there are insurers that take up the gap, but that's another story. But the main thing you need to know is the higher the borrowing, the more likelihood there is of a down valuation. And in a tougher market, there is more of a likelihood of a down valuation. So if you have any questions about this, by all means, do drop me an email, Ken, at jamesalexander.com, because I know it's a big problem for many. But remember, it's not the end of the world. Things can be done about it. You could ask your buyer to change lenders there may be a cost involved with that perhaps the seller could offer to support through perhaps contributing towards that new survey or arrangement fee whatever it is and the other thing you can do remember is to speak to other people that are involved in that chain with you in order to try and support that first-time buyer through the process and help with this and one of the problems of course with the buyers is not just about the money it's the perception their expert has told them that your property is no longer worth that money and that can be a huge problem for them a huge barrier and they may insist on that reduction of course as a seller you don't have to accept that position you can just remarket, especially if you're confident in the value of the property that you're selling and the surveyor is just being pedantic or unreasonable but i would check the comparable evidence always check the evidence before you decide what to do especially in a market where prices are stagnant now Uh, And we expect that for the rest of the year. We don't think prices are going to fall off a cliff. We think they'll stay where they are now. We've had that drop and we think they'll now stay at about 5% lost for the year. And then next year they'll start to pick up as interest rates recover. But right now it's a tough time and therefore we can expect more lenders to send more surveyors and more surveyors to be more cautious and therefore we'll end up with more down valuations. So I hope you're not in that situation. But if you are, I hope that's given you some perspective on why you are where you are and the alternatives you have to try and address it. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening as always. We'll be back next week with another edition. Until then, look after yourselves and if you can, your family and friends. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production.